3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Happy, happy hour. Oh, come on. Is it the happiest of happy hours? The return of Uncle Rob Reiner. That's right. And, of course, Allison Gill from Mueller. She wrote, uh, "What a, that is a one-two punch, man. It is. That is a right. Love it. Right? That is like a one-two punch, like in Ron DeSantis' balls by Kevin Newsom <laughs> this week. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line I was telling you is that uh, he destroyed DeSantis so much that people were surprised he didn't turn to the camera and say, hey, Don Jr., how's uh, my dick taste on Kimberly Guilfoyle's lips? Come on. That's a happy hour joke. That's fantastic. That would have been fun. And the mom for liberty with a face full of pussy. I mean, it has been a week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and it, it just it makes the, the, the eventual death of demop- democracy possibly a little more palatable. We'll see. Yeah. We're going to get shouted at by rob reiner and uh allison gill who are you know they're like our our early our our fascism early warning system we need one yeah and drink up enjoy
2: from every
3: podcast no. ever written you know remember that's that familiar? sketch they used to do it's uh, every song ever written it was like a record collection uh-huh. done on saturday night live that's allison gill <laughs> every podcast Al- ever recorded allison might be
1: a little too young to
3: remember that shut up hi <laughs> <laughs> hello good morning anyone that would buy an orange jacket doesn't know what they're talking about anyway <laughs> hi you said on twitter uh refusing to vote for biden doesn't punish biden it punishes the people thank you uh,
2: you know you're welcome <laughs> I mean you're I, welcome I mean dude's 81 right I mean he's just gonna be retired and uh, on the beach in in Rah- Rahib, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, yeah and uh, uh the the rest of us would be left in a lurch
3: yeah yeah I I mean I I was saying I do feel like we fall for this every time the media goes oh yeah, black people aren't gonna vote for Bi- uh young people aren't voting for Biden and it's just we're a year out and it's it just i get it that you know the the especially the middle east allison i get the emotion on every side and it, but i just it is hard for me to imagine how he could be doing a better job than than this in in a horrifically complicated situation
2: well what i noticed if biden were actually doing the things that these folks are accusing him of i'd be angry too uh, it's just uh, a lot of disinformation out there about what he's doing, what he's done, what he will do, uh, and and so you know I got to be honest if I believed that stuff too and if I were told if I were fed those things yeah. uh, as being actual news uh, I would also be upset.
3: That's why it is it is fortunate that you host every podcast ever recorded.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I listen to all of them, and also I know. <laughs> I know also i know between that and walking i don't understand how you have time to executive produce this show why do you think i get up at stupid (laughs) at insane (laughs) o'clock um you said allison the administration had to be careful not to criticize israel in public so it could influence its leaders in private u.s officials were pushing israel to minimize civilian casualties and potus and his top aides were advocating for a two-state solution um that's a really good point too is there's so much going on you know, behind the scenes, as it should be. You don't. I mean, can you imagine what Trump would do, be doing in a sensitive hostage situation?
2: Well, I mean, imagine a behind-the-scenes negotiation with a European leader and Donald Trump when he was president. You wouldn't yeah. be able to come out publicly and say all these horrible things about Trump, and then get Trump to agree to do anything. And that's what we have to do with Bibi Netanyahu. That that quote came from uh, the Washington Post. Uh, the you know those uh, journalists had interviewed multiple people dozens of people inside the administration uh you know with the uh, to get information about negotiations that are going on behind the scenes but we are dealing in bb with with Bibi netanyahu and Bibi netanyahu a person who is like donald trump and so you yeah. you can't you know th- well they've decided to to kid gloves it publicly and then you know go in privately and get the things actually done that need to, that need to get done
3: yeah yeah, I know. Cause I was saying, I mean, Trump would have let Bibi Netanyahu do whatever he wanted. You know, like there would be no restraint in any of this. I mean, and I've said the same thing. He's a far right crook, just like Trump. Um, by the way, to your to our point about third party, you quoted Mark Elias, who said, let's be retweeted him. Excuse me. He said, let's be clear. a Vote for no labels is a vote for Trump. A vote for Jill Sainz, a vote for Trump. A vote for Cornell West is a vote for Trump. A vote for Robert Kennedy is a vote for Trump. Not voting is a vote for Trump. A vote for Biden and Democrats is a vote for democracy. I mean, in some ways, we've never had a clearer election. We were just quoting Rachel Maddow about fascism. I mean, I never thought did you in 2023, we'd be choosing between democracy and fascism in uh, in America. But here we are.
2: Yeah. No. And and, and Trump has said what he's going to do uh, if he wins a second term. And it's it's all fash. So, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm not sure what what else we're supposed to do with that information. But it it is it does get tiresome, I know, for us to have to reteach everyone every four years that, uh, you know, Uh, If you don't show up to vote, or if you vote third party, you are voting for Donald Trump. Uh, I I don't know how many times we have to learn that lesson. Um, I I thought 2016 would be enough, but apparently not.
3: Yeah. Um, Rachel Maddow went on to say uh, he has to save the world from the fascist, and he's using this terminology, which is overtly and obviously fascist callback language. Enemy of the people, yeah, okay, but calling out the internal vermin that needs to be exterminated, he knows what he's doing. Um, And it is. It's the gaslighting. It's calling other. It's his patented Pee Wee Herman strategy, Uh but made for fascism. Just I know you are, but what am I? Right. I mean, him calling other people fascist is part of the gaslighting, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And and I mean, that's that's exactly what uh, Mussolini did. That's exactly what Hitler did. Um, You know, uh, accuse others of that which you were guilty.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, you wrote a piece uh, <clears throat> about the Colorado appeal because I know it made all of our heads. And I was a big fan of the Exorcist and the head spinning, but <laughs> this is uh, okay. To, uh, okay. I feel like I should spit pea soup. I did. I think I spit pea soup when this did. came down. Yeah. Yeah. I said, that judge's that judge's mother sucks
2: or steve in martin in the jerk when he realizes he, yeah. he has 250 thousand dollars instead of 250 dollar yes <laughs>
4: yes
3: <laughs> that's a little more current reference because as chris mentioned you're a little younger than i
0: <laughs>
3: do you do you know if linda blair did not say that judge's mother sucks in hell i don't uh... she could have said that i think she did okay <laughs> Allison writes, uh, as you're so you're aware, the lower court made a factual finding that Trump engaged in insurrection and a legal finding that POTUS isn't an officer of the U.S. And the POTUS oath doesn't support like the 14th Amendment does. Factual findings are tough to overturn, but legal findings are more easily reversible. So that's what the plaintiffs are arguing for here. Um, I know some of our legal lads and ladies have said the same thing, that the the important part is. Is the uh, the factual finding that he is an insurrectionist? Um, you write the uh, the court held that um, Section Three's disqualification rule does not apply to insurrectionist former presidents nor to any insurrectionists running for president. In effect, that this office alone is above the law, and that's such a fundamental part of the appeal. It's good. It's got to. It's got to be hard to issue a ruling that puts a president above the law. And not only does it defy the text of the Fourteenth Amendment, it defies basic common sense. You just say, simply put, um, oath-breaking insurrectionists may not assume the office of the presidency. So, I don't think this is over by a long shot, do you?
2: No, I I really don't and I was fortunate enough to speak to one of the plaintiff's attorneys, his name is Mario Nicholas, uh, twice on the on the beans last week and I was able to get my hands on his appeal to Colorado Supreme Court before it hit the public docket and uh, it's a it's a brilliant argument. You know, it's fun today, Monday. Trump's response is due. Trump asked for nineteen thousand words instead of ninety five hundred, and the court refused. So he's going to have to pack into ninety five hundred words. First, his eleven issues. It, he you how he came out and said he won. Yay! I get to be on the ballot. I won. But he's appealing on eleven different issues, so he must not have won very hard. Uh, <laughs> but he also he has to turn in that, and he has to argue his his reasoning for overturning the factual findings. At the Colorado District Court found, uh, and he only has ninety five hundred words to do it. That's due today. It's going to be a big old mess, and I can't wait to read it and share it with <laughs> everyone.
3: Nerd. Okay. Um... <laughs> Nerd alert.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. You
3: know, one of the things we talk about all the time is one of our biggest challenges, as usual, is going to be the media of every kind. Um, You retweeted Univision anchor uh, Jorge Ramos says Trump interview uh, put in doubt the independence of our news department. And you said that and the meeting at Mar-a-Lago and canceling Biden ads and canceling the meeting with Biden's representative. But otherwise, yeah, no biggie. But again, the, the Hispanic vote is a big deal. And, you know, disinformation is once again going to be our biggest battle, isn't it?
2: Fortunately, there was tons of Latino backlash for what Univision did. Yes. It's uh, so much so that the guy who interviewed Trump, one of their head anchors, stepped down a couple of days later um, after all of this was revealed. Uh, so I, I was happy and glad to see the amount of backlash. Normally stuff like that just gets let go. But um, the, the backlash was pretty intense. And so now Univision is is up to their eyeballs in it.
3: Yeah. Um yeah i i mean i that that's like i was saying that this whole um you know storyline that this minority or that minority or whatever is not are not going to vote for democrats or for biden i just i do i feel like it's like a flintstones background that we see a different version rock of
4: this tree, story. rock yeah, tree rock right? tree yeah
2: yeah well that's all they do is they make it look like and make it seem like there's more of them than us so that we stay home they do it with Crowd sizes at rallies. They Photoshop the the inauguration. They, you know, they they try to make it seem like they have a lot more fans and a lot more voters. You've heard them say over and over again, "You're abandoning half of America." It's like 17 percent um, that there are MAGA voters. They want to seem bigger than they are. Like my cat when when he gets scared, yeah. he makes himself big and puffy. Sure, that's all. That
3: yeah, is. like Chris's orange coat.
2: Yeah. Like Chris's orange coat. It's a yellow
1: coat. Super orange. Can okay. I see
2: this coat and decide?
1: Uh, yeah, it's at Radio Guy Chris on Instagram.
2: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Settle this once and for
2: all. I'll do that on a break.
4: I'll all look right. at it on a break. Okay. I'll, I'll all right. And now speaking you. for every black
3: person and black voter in America, here is Kevin in D.C. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> well,
4: thank you. And of course, I... <laughs> um, Hi, hello, everybody. Hi. Thanks for being entertaining me. I'm suffering from post-vacation uh, departum. Um, it seemed like just a minute ago, Wednesday, the, the stroc, cl- clock struck 1 a.m. and I was off. And now I'm taking my brother to the train uh, in a few minutes. So it's all over. Oh, well, thank you for being entertaining. Okay. Now, as for after, what, what I was going to say is, yes, everything you've said about wondering about uh, all these groups that have been pilloried by Jump and crew, are suddenly, not going to have a sense enough to know that um, he does not <laughs> voting for him is not going to change anything. I mean, as, as far as Muslims, what didn't he offer a Muslim ban several times during his uh, uh, his uh, rule? Even even be, when he was coming down the elevator. So, I really hope you're right, Allison. But sometimes I uh, I don't become a complete bedwetter, but my my uh, bladder is kind of full because <laughs> I can't believe if anyone is even somewhat falling for this foolishness. He, the, the Republican Party is against everyone unless you're an allegedly yeah. straight Christian white male. So, oh my God, my I favorite, there was a black I guy, really a black right. guy on
3: Twitter was talking about the group Blacks for Trump uh-huh. and he just he said, he just said, y'all are a bunch of weirdos. How do you look at that racist piece of, and everything he's said his whole life and go, that's my guy. Yes.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it, I'm not a mental health expert, but yes, that would seem to be quite odd for you to keep your nose up the backside of someone who disses you as hard as they can both policy-wise vocally every way every day yeah so, yeah i would hope that they are indeed weirdos and not representative of my uh, of my people i do think my people have showed a lot more sense than that over the centuries
3: Thank you for speaking for every Black person in America.
2: <clears throat> of course. And now we go back to yeah, Alison. As long Gild. as you vote, bring everybody with you that you know. Uh, that's yeah. the most effective uh, get-out-the-vote tool: is to talk to per- personally to the people that you know in your life. Yeah. And watch the election results that we've been seeing, and not. Thank the you. Yeah.
3: Thank you. I think I read a, a tweet last week, um, Allison from Chris Hayes, who said, you know, this is Democrats in the era of Trump is, you know, it, you know, these polls, these horrible polls. And we, you know, our spastic reaction followed by, you know, surprisingly, you know, positive election results and then rinse, lather, repeat. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, and then oh, we no. don't run with the wins. We've got like yeah. James Carville saying, I'm still scared. And instead of like we just kicked everybody's butt last you know a couple of tuesdays ago yeah let's we we never get to ride the wave of momentum because somebody's always pooping on it yeah
3: well you know allison there's part of me though i guess because we all have a little bit of 2016 ptsd is it's kind of like us scared because Mm -hmm. we all there was so much overconfidence i think in 2016 on everyone's part that oh hillary's going to win this in a landslide you know i i mean i know sean our um our little, our little stem cell right. fill it, that fills in for Chris a lot. You know, he said, friends of his said, oh my God, I you know, I didn't think my vote was going to matter. I voted for Jill Stein because I didn't think it would matter in whatever mm-hmm. state I was in, you know?
2: Well, if Trump pollsters were smart... They would sh- they would show that uh, Obama has a ninety six percent chance of winning, like they did with Hillary in twenty sixteen. Yeah. that's how you get Democrats to not show up to the polls, yeah. you you, you sh- shoot him you give them that shot of confidence in the arm. Like, you're did you mean about.
3: Biden and not Obama? I think you're you've got uh, you did I you've, say got Obama? Trump, you've got Trump disease. Yes, you thought Obama's president. Oh presidents. no! <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh Oh. uh Oh. That's
3: going to be on, on right on. Oh, I'm no, I'm breaking. Okay. That'll be on Somebody's going to take that. The <laughs> right wing blogosphere today will be like Allison Gill. <laughs> thinks obama's pre- she's finally admitted that president obama
1: is really president but tr- trump said when he uh, i think i think he said this morning that when he uh, got the names mixed up joke. he was just being sarcastic
2: oh, <laughs> oh yeah no i actually just made a mistake <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah because what? you're no. you can
1: admit a, a no,
2: mistake
3: she doesn't make mistakes It's eight thirty
2: 30 in the morning i'm still not finished with my coffee <laughs>
3: Good morning, Rob Reiner. How are you? Good
1: morning, Stephanie. How are you? <laughs> we,
3: we missed you so much at Sexy Liberal. You weren't feeling well. I and, know. I was yeah.
1: under the weather. If you looked under the weather that day, you'd you find were. me.
3: There you were. <laughs> yes. And you said, I think uh, you all do, you'll do okay without this old Jew there. And I said, oh, thanks a lot. Now I'm going to get called a Hamas terrorist sympathizer because I got rid of the only Jew on the panel.
0: <laughs>
1: um, uh.
3: So, by the way, I opened the show today, Rob, by saying I I think Biden is doing a masterful job in what is a just horribly difficult situation in the Middle East. And I said if Donald Trump was in office, Gaza would be a parking lot and all the hostages would be dead. Do you disagree? Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, as we know, he alone can fix it. Yeah, He, he alone can fix anything yeah including trying to fix an election coming up yeah i
3: uh, rob are you just are you what are you terrified are you
1: yes i am terrified because uh i believe that if it was head-to-head between uh trump and joe biden we'd win i'm not not worried about that but the problem we have is there are a bunch of other candidates We've got Bobby Kennedy, we've got Joe Manchin flirting with a, no labels, we've got Jill Stein and Cornell West, and all of those people are going to drain votes from Biden. As, as you know, this is one on the margins in five or six states, so all yeah. you have to do is peel away a few votes and trump uh sneaks in even though he loses the popular vote by you know 10 million or whatever
3: yeah well yeah you tweeted you said it couldn't be simpler a vote for trump is a vote for fascism a vote for biden is a vote to preserve 248 years of self-rule you said if you vote for anybody but joe biden you're voting to destroy american democracy you, yeah and that's
1: that's 100 percent true i mean if we wind up with trump that will be the beginning of the end of of this wonderful experiment that we've been going at for 248 years.
3: By the way, you—I think I don't know if you tweeted about it or talked about it, but you called Bobby Kennedy Jr. I, you know, he's I, a friend. I, I he used to be—he used I, to be on I did. This show. He's a
1: friend, you yeah, know. He—he yeah. he, was—he's married to uh, yeah. uh, Cheryl, who used to be our assistant. You know, uh, before she got her job on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, um, yeah, no, I talked to him and I said, you know, Bobby, do you want to be the one that puts Donald Trump in the white house? And he argued that he would be taking more votes from, uh, Biden. I mean, uh, excuse me, from Trump than he would from Biden. And I said, well, I don't know that that's true. And you know, you can't take that chance. I mean, you know, he's not going to win Bobby Mm -hmm. Kennedy's not going to win. He thinks he's going to win, but he's not going to win. And the the only thing he could do is ultimately hurt Biden.
3: Yeah. And what did he say, if you don't mind my asking?
1: No, he said what I said. He said, I'm, um, you know, at the time when yeah. I called him, uh, he hadn't yet de- uh, declared as an independent. He was still running uh, to get the Democratic nomination. And yeah. I said, uh, you know, uh, don't I, I hope you're not thinking of running as an independent. And he said, no, I'm not considering that yeah and of course, that's the political answer you hate to hear because you know that means they are considering it and sure enough, like within two weeks he declared as an independent
3: yeah um I, he again as I speak as someone that uh, he's invited he invited me to go falconing, which I didn't even know that was uh, apparently it is a verb Rob
1: no, that's um, a thing that's okay. a thing yeah. you can you yeah, know so you put a bird on your arm and yeah. the bird flies away sure. and then it comes back
3: yeah I don't, <laughs> something rich people do that winter and antique I don't know but anyway um no he was a friend was on the show and I just I I feel the same sadness his family feels frankly you know that in some polling is showing you know him getting a higher percentage of the black vote and it's based entirely on his family's name and civil rights and all that and I'm sorry to say he's just become an anti-vax lunatic and it it is
1: I know I it's a it's a real ego uh trip for him and and I just wish that he would somebody would talk to him and say you know this this can't be good he's not going to win and this this can't be good for democracy
3: you must feel like you're having a 2016 flashback with jill stein and all the (laughs) it's just it's i that's what i was saying it's profoundly egotistical at this point part of
1: it is 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 it's worse than 2016 because in 2016 you had the russians playing uh which we didn't really Quite understand how they were doing it, but yeah. essentially, they uh, diminished, they 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 depressed and suppressed the black vote in three cities. It was Milwaukee, it was uh, uh, Detroit, and pencil and 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 Philadelphia. And by suppressing the black vote by seventy nine thousand votes in those three cities, yep. they put Trump in the White House. Well, it's worse now because you got all these other candidates. And we know, like I say, we're only playing in five or six states. Yep. So uh, this is really scary stuff.
3: Yep. Um, now, while we're on the subject of Kennedys, I the new podcast uh, yeah. who <laughs> who killed JFK? Your co-host, uh, Solida Ryan, of course. Um, you said you are ready to name the names of the four people you believe. Uh, so is can you can you reveal that now, sir?
1: Well, I you know it won't mean anything if I say the names now because you won't know who they are. You have to listen to the whole thing. I'm not doing this as a tease thing, but you do have to listen to the whole podcast to (laughs) understand the whole uh, foundation of everything and how we arrived at what we did. Because there's, and we talk about it, we're about to drop uh, episode four tomorrow, I think. Uh, Yeah, every Wednesday we we have a new episode. So episode four, and then by the time we get to the 10th episode, you'll understand The whole foundation of this, how it happened, why it happened, and we bring it all together in the last episode.
3: Yeah. You know, Rob, it occurs to me when we're talking about this, that that's what's sort of, again, heartbreaking about Bobby Kennedy Jr. is that the whole everything you talk about, the Warren Commission, and you can trace back people's mistrust in government and that they weren't being told the truth back then, but to to take that now to use it about COVID and vaccines is just insane
1: no i know we're 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 in this terrible place right now where it's virtually impossible to get the truth to break through i mean uh, disinformation has been used forever uh, on both sides on the, the russians we've used it it's a, it's, it's a tool that's being used. We used it to get into the Vietnam War with the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. We used it uh, to get into Iraq with weapons of mass destruction. It was used, uh, you know, to get into the Spanish-American War. Remember the main. I mean, it's the, these things where we are lied to in order to affect a political outcome. That's been going on forever. But now it's even more difficult to, to get the truth to break through and that disinformation yeah. is is exacerbated by social media and the internet and, and it's very, very difficult. A uh, woman uh, Barbara McQuade, I don't know if yeah. you know oh, her yeah oh, she's, but one of she's our a legal wonderful uh, yeah. uh, analyst, a legal analyst yes. and she's from Michigan and teaches there at the University of Michigan. She's written a book all about disinformation which is coming out in february i just started reading it it's incredible uh, how disinformation now uh, on steroids can be used to promote fascism and that's where we're leading that's where we're headed right now
3: yeah Well, listen. You know, we're in one of the little tiny places battling disinformation, and that's why we thank you, Uncle Rob, for not charging us for all the sound bites from your movies. (laughs) Otherwise, we would not be able to maintain our little platform here. Um, And if you listen to me out
1: to dinner, uh, Stephanie, there you go. Take me out to dinner once, and get me a nice meal, and then I'll. (laughs) I'll f- I'll call it even.
3: Because <laughs> if you if you listen to the Stephanie Miller Show, as I'm sure you do every morning, you would know that Barb McQuaid is on all the time. But okay, <laughs> Rob, I mean, this is the reason why you don't ban books like Republicans want to do, is that I, I just... I, the fact that, that, that Trump is literally echoing Hitler, whether it's yes. Berman or the final battle... It,
1: it, yeah, he's, no, he's he's telling you. He's telling you what he wants to do. He's talking about... Putting people in camps. He's using words like vermin. I mean, these, you know, this is not like a hidden agenda here. This guy is right out there telling you what he wants to do.
3: And the politics have gotten so scrambled. There's Elon Musk over there with Netanyahu a couple
1: days ago. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I really don't know what that's about. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, you know, posted these anti Semitic. Uh, reposts and things like that. Maybe it's... I don't know what he's doing there. I mean, maybe he's trying to, you know, resuscitate himself with the Jewish community. I don't know. I don't know. first of all,
3: the people said they don't like how Biden's handling the Middle East. Trump ran on Islamophobia. He ran on a Muslim man. He's ran on anti-Semitism, very fine people at Charlottesville. I mean, it's just... any kind of hatred you have, Donald Trump will confirm it for you, right? I mean, right.
1: I- and, and, and you know, Joe, Biden doesn't get credit for what he's done. I mean, forget yeah. the fact that, that he's been the most successful uh, dem- president domestically in the last 60 years since LBJ. Yeah. yeah. But he's handled this uh, Mideast uh, crisis tremendously. People don't give him credit for the fact that he was you know, directly responsible for helping, you know, free these hostages and get this this uh, ceasefire. I mean, you know, this guy is an incredibly smart man who knows how government works and knows how to uh, to govern. And it's unfortunate that that people, you know, just harp on his age and all that stuff. Yeah, this guy knows how to do what he's and he knows and he does it well.
3: Yeah, and look at you. You're like a thousand. And look at all the great work Steph- you're still well, yeah, doing. Stephanie really. Louise Miller. Listen,
1: I'm I'm much younger than him. I I am lucky, you know, that I can walk around. No. I I'm still to,
3: doing stuff. You're about to start Spinal Tap 2, which we are so excited yeah. about. Um and also this new documentary everybody's raving about on uh Max, Albert Brooks defending my life. Talk about that. You guys have been uh, friends since you were what, teenagers
1: or Yes, we met in high school uh we were 16 years old and uh you know we've been close dear friends ever since you know for yeah. 60 years i mean we actually shared a house together at one point it was like a t- two duplex and we talk about it in the documentary there was a there was a his entrance was on the uh, down below and i was above we each had our own phones and whenever i brought a girl in there to you know, to to fool around with, uh, you know, uh, I'd be finished and the phone would ring and he'd say, "Are you done?" And I'd say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm done." And he said, "Well, you want to get something to eat?" And I uh, said, "Okay, you know, sushi. You want to go get sushi?" Anyway, that's you know, that's a life we had together, and I was really happy to make the documentary because. Yeah you know people a lot of young people don't know albert he's you know they genius. think about him only as the voice in uh, finding nemo right. you know the yeah. marlin the fish and finding nemo this guy is is a genius and yeah he is the funniest man i've you know he and mel brooks i mean my dad had mel brooks i have mel brooks and i mean i've albert and albert to me is the funniest man i've ever met in my life yeah and uh he's a brilliant genius and i want the world to know what i've known for so long
3: yeah i'll never forget one thing that i got invited to at your house i don't remember i remember if he was there and i was like I just... I think I literally may have lost control of my bowels. But anyway, which is why I'm not invited back.
1: That's what that was when we had to clean (laughs) up. I was wondering. I thought it was the dog.
3: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, is Michelle enjoying these stories of your early male whoring?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she loves it. She She loves loves hearing every detail. About
3: you tomcatting around.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, Let's go back to But No,
1: it's true. Uh, Stephanie, what you just said. When people meet Albert, they're in awe, yeah. you know, and I'm talking about, you know, really uh, accomplished comedians. Yeah. Uh, you know, Larry David talks about it on, in the documentary, you know, yeah. and, or, or, or Conan, or, you know, they talk about how, you know, Albert liked something I said, you know, and yeah. whenever there was a group of comedians around and everybody started doing shtick and, you know, trading shtick, whenever Albert started, everybody would back off because nobody could yeah compete with what he yeah. what he came up yeah with.
3: everybody has their favorite broadcast news i guess for me but um but Rob, let's get back to 2024 because i you know when you did investigate russia.org and all the stuff that you know you and i and a lot of us have been trying to talk about for a long time malcolm Dance, um it, it, it does sometimes feel like it's all one story doesn't it like nancy pelosi once said all roads lead to putin i mean putin funded and trained hamas this is exactly yeah. what he hoped to distract from ukraine um, he, you, you better yeah, bet he'll do everything all, he can does, to get Donald I mean, Trump in terms back. Of
1: and, Donald Trump, he is a, you know, a love affair with yeah. Vladimir Putin. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he has a love affair with, with any dictator. Yeah. He thinks all dictators are, you know, they're strong. They're, you know, he looks up to Kim Jong-un. He looks up to Duterte and, and Erdogan, all these people, he, you know, uh, he thinks that that's that's what he aspires to be he wants to be yeah. a dictator of america and he's you know he's doing everything out of the authoritarian playbook i mean
3: the story ends the way it began he is a traitor to the united yeah. states and you have been he talking is. about he it. Is. He's, yeah.
1: he's a traitor he uh, fomented an insurrection on on the united states capitol and he's turning it around to make it look like those people are the patriots yeah and and, well, and and that's the part of the disinformation people believe that the election was stolen they believe they're being patriotic when they storm the capitol like that and yeah. we're in this really strange place now i mean we none of us were alive during the civil war that was the worst time in america oh, people you actually killed each you, other i thought you were Oh, oh yeah. I'm oh, kidding. Yeah. Go, Listen go for I'm... that really cheap joke there, <laughs> Stephanie, uh, Stephanie. I'm trying to make I'm Joe Biden old, look younger. That, I'm that old that I used to <laughs> hang around with Lincoln. No, but the, the thing is that people were killing each other. We yeah. were physically killing Literally. each other. We're a hair's breadth away from doing that again. Politically, we're killing each other now, and uh, we're on the brink of, you know, destroying our democracy.
3: Yeah. Um, it, how many times has he admitted he ordered the code red uh, to quote somebody? Oh, right. um, yes. Do you yeah. have just before we go, our last question is, do you have confidence that justice will come for him?
1: Boy, um, here's the thing. Uh, you know, it's hard to know because the the one trial that could take place before the election is the January 6th trial that Jack Smith is bringing against him, and that starts sometime in March. And we will have a verdict before the election, but that verdict is going to be appealed, the appeals process will go on, and we won't have a result, a resolution to that until after the election. Well, once he's in office, who knows what happens to that investigation and to that uh to that court case we don't know yep. so it's it's really scary yeah we really gotta keep scary.
3: framing it fascism versus democracy that's what this whole it's the democracy it, it is 100 yeah 100
1: percent. i mean you know we talk about abortion rights we talk about voting rights we talk about the economy we talk about immigration we talk about guns and all those things and they're all important but if you don't have a democracy yeah you, none of those things are going to matter
3: yep um, Rob Reiner, you were, uh, just take your big giant bag of Emmys and Oscar nominations <laughs> and whatever else you got. And uh, God bless you for taking time for us as always. We love you so much. Thanks, you're Rob.
1: Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Take me to dinner. All right. Yes. Yeah. I got to buy you Steph. dinner. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs>